Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Happy week five. The first quarter of the NFL season is behind us. Sky here, rolling as always on Tuesday, recapping the week four action team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Make sure to email us your fantasy questions at our new email address, tckpod at gmail.com, or shoot us a DM on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids. We've got a lot to get into, so let's cover it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. What up, crew? Big week this week in fantasy. Lots going on. Before I get started, I just want to get a quick quick note out there that um, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Uh, I live up in the Northwest, and the rain hits us a little earlier than most of the rest of the country. So changing the season got me a little head cold. So apologies for that, but I'm going to do my best today. Let's start on Thursday night. 
with the Rams and the Vikings. This was supposed to be a, a potential shootout, a potential slugfest. It was a little bit of both. The Rams took it to them and made that Minnesota defense look silly for the second week in a row. On the Minnesota side, uh, Cousins um, was 36 for 50 for 422 and three touchdowns. Thielen, eight for 135, a touchdown on 12 targets. Diggs, 11, tar- uh, 11 catches, 123 and 15 targets. So the big guys got it done in a, in a shootout. And Aldrick Robinson, Aldrick Robinson, released by the Redskins, the Falcons, and the 49ers, caught two of his two passes for 33 yards and two touchdowns. Don't worry about him moving forward. He will not be a fantasy asset for the most part. Kyle Rudolph, five catches, 57 yards on six targets. And Laquan Treadwell looked good, four catches for 47 yards on seven targets. And Dan Bailey scored some points this week, three field goals, two extra points. The Stallers for Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, 10 rushes for 20 yards. Dalvin Cook started the game, but he didn't do much on minimal plays and uh, was eventually um, just completely ghosted in the second half of this game. Latavius Murray, two carries, two yards, two catches, 16 yards on two targets. And the Minnesota defense, again, uh, just one sack and 38 points given up. For the Rams, everybody was beasting. Uh, Marcus Peters did start this game. Akib Talib did not play. He's on the IR. Jared Goff crushed 26 for 33, 465, and five touchdowns. He had um, all career highs with passing yards at 465, five touchdowns, and a, a perfect passer rating at 158.3. Cooper Cup, nine catches, 162, two touchdowns and 11 targets, one deep bomb where he basically shook the defender. Brandon Cooks, seven catches, 116, and a touchdown, eight targets. Woods, five catches, 101, and a touchdown, five targets. Gurley, 17 for 83 on the ground, four catches, 73 yards, a touchdown, and six targets through the air. Everybody was beasting up for the Rams. And the Rams' defense was a staller, if you can call them that, with one forced fumble, four sacks, and 31 points allowed. So this was a huge game, but the Rams have just beaten another opponent, establishing themselves as the best team in the NFL as of right now. Moving into Atlanta, Cincinnati wins their first game in Atlanta since 1987. On the Cincinnati side, Dalton, 333, three touchdowns and a pick. Gio Bernard filling in for Joe Mixon. 15 carries, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. Looks like Mixon will be back in week five, but we'll have to keep keep note on that throughout the week. Tyler Boyd stays hot, 11 catches, 100 yards, 15 targets, and A.J. Green hobbled a little bit, had four catches, 78 yards, a touchdown on eight targets. Tyler Eifert, unfortunately, broke his ankle. He is done for the season, Um, maybe his career at this point. Uh, If you haven't seen the injury, I recommend you don't watch it unless you're into those kind of things. Um, it was really brutal, really brutal. I feel bad for the guy. He worked very, very hard through his back injuries over the years to get back this year. He looked really good to start the season. And unfortunately, just, uh, uh, you know, a basic tackle rolled up under him and uh, basically just separated his ankle from his leg. So pretty disgusting, unfortunately, for Eifert. He is done for the season. John Ross, just want to mention he got his touchdown, but it was a 39-yard bomb, so he's basically a boomer bust, and he did come up limping after that, so keep an eye on John Ross. For Atlanta, Matt Ryan, 419, three touchdowns. Julio Jones, nine catches, 173 on 12 targets. He had 66 yards on the last drive. That definitely helped boost his already amazing day. 
and Calvin Ridley stays hot four for 54, two touchdowns on six targets and Muhammad Sanu six catches for 111 yards on nine targets. Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith are the stallers here. Uh, 14 carries and 51 yards for Tevin Coleman, just 26 yards of the air and Ido Smith, 35 yards. He did get a touchdown, but not much otherwise. So that backfield is definitely missing the healthy Devonta Freeman, who looks to be out for a couple more weeks. Heading into Lambeau Field, where the Packers uh, shut out the Buffalo Bills. And it was the third shutout since 2008 for the Packers. On the Buffalo side, uh, there were no real ballers, unfortunately. Um, Charles Clay had four catches, 40 yards. Shady McCoy, 50, uh, five carries, 24 yards, three catches, 13 yards. And Kelvin Benjamin, just one catch for 34 yards on six targets. They cannot get on the same page. Uh, so once again, the Bills do not score a point here as the Packers get them 22 nothing On the Green Bay side, uh, Devontae Adams, eight catches, 81 yards on 14 targets. Aaron Jones, 11 carries, 65 yards, a touchdown, one catch, 17 yards. He looked really good. He will be the lead back moving forward for Green Bay. It was really great to see him. I've been sitting him on a couple of my benches. I'm ready to unleash the beast. Geronimo Allison was off to a great day with six catches, 80 yards on 11 targets, but he did leave in the third quarter with a concussion, so it could have been a bigger day for him. But when he is healthy, he is definitely uh, the number two, um, regardless of Randall Cobb, who did sit out this game. The Green Bay defense uh, gets a nod here as one of the ballers. Two picks, one forced fumble, or one fumble recovery, excuse me, seven sacks and no points allowed against Josh Allen. Some stallers for the Green Bay Packers, though. Aaron Rodgers. Under 300 yards, uh, 298, and a touchdown and a pick. Uh, he did have five carries for 31 yards, which isn't good for this, the fantasy necessarily, but it was good to see him running around on that brace. But he is still yet to kind of get get his footing. Jimmy Graham, three catches, 21 yards. He did have a touchdown, um, but, again, he's, he's boomer bust there. Careful, Jimmy Graham, although the tight end position, you may not have another choice. Ty Montgomery filled in nicely um, for Randall Cobb with – uh, five carries, 18 yards, but two catches for 56 yards. So if Cobb remains out, I would look for Ty Montgomery to be the number three receiver potentially. And Jamal Williams, just 27 yards on 11 carries. I think he is done and they are moving on past him for Aaron Jones. Moving into Chicago with another dismantling, the Bears rough up the Bucks, 48 to 10. This game was over basically on the first three drives. Mitchell Trubisky has a career high in six touchdowns, and unfortunately, Fitzmagic is replaced by Jameis Winston. It looks like Jameis Winston will be the starter after the Bucks bye, coming back in week six. For Tampa Bay, Deshaun Jackson got his got his deep bombs, five catches, 112 on eight targets, and Cameron Brake caught a touchdown once Jameis came in, three, four, 29. Fitzmagic, before he was pulled, eight or nine for 18, 126, and a pick. He's done, unfortunately, unless there's a uh, injury to Jameis. Mike Evans comes back down to earth, six for 59 on nine targets, and Godwin was nowhere to be found. Just two catches, 22 yards on two targets. Not good for Godwin moving forward. The Tampa Bay backs, again, um, pretty pitiful. Uh, Ronald Jones did play. However, he was just um, 29 yards on 10 carries. I'll expect more moving forward. And O.J. Howard is expected to miss two to four weeks with a sprained 
MCL. On the Chicago side, Mitchell Trubisky was on fire. 30, uh, 354 yards and six touchdowns, five in the first half once again. He probably could have thrown 10 touchdowns in this game. Um, they were just looking that good, but they just they obviously didn't need to do that. Tariq Cohen had a huge game, three carries, 53 yards, seven catches, 121 a touchdown on eight targets. Um, really got a boost in the, uh, in the game plan here. Taylor Gabriel also had a great game, seven catches, 104, two touchdowns and seven targets. And uh, Trey Burton, two catches, 86 yards, a touchdown on four targets, and a lot of this was on a uh, 39-yard wheel route where he was left wide open for a touchdown. So Trey Burton had two huge plays uh, on the day, but he's still kind of suspect with the with the actual um, amount of attempts. And the Chicago defense, three INTs, four sacks, 10 points allowed. Um, they came in as the number one defense in the league, and they will, they will continue to, to establish their dominance here. Um, Mack and crew are absolutely lethal. On the Staller side, Allen Robinson just two for 23, a touchdown on four targets, but just those four targets. I think he just got game scripted out pretty early, uh, but a low game here for Allen Robinson. And Jordan Howard uh, uh, kind of just inexplicably was not a part of this game. 11 carries, 25 yards, no targets. He had a perfect game script in the second half when they were up huge and they could have just run out the clock, but he didn't get his stats. So definitely burned me and, and some other players too. So keep an eye on Jordan Howard. Moving into Dallas. Dallas gets a last-minute field goal as time expires to beat the Lions 26-24 for Detroit. Stafford stays hot, 307 yards and two touchdowns. Golden Tate had a huge game, eight catches, 132, two touchdowns on eight targets. And Carrion Johnson remains hot as well. Nine carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown, his first career TD. Love carry-on. I'm firing him up for sure as an RB2 and a high flex. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, pretty low days to their standards at least. Um, in PPR leagues, they saved you, but but if not, um, not so much. Kenny Galladay, four catches, 74 yards on four targets. Dallas has pretty solid outside corners, so I'm not worried uh, moving forward. And uh, Marvin Jones, uh, likewise, uh, just three catches, 56 yards on six targets. So this was definitely a, a Tate over the middle game and, and they made him pay there. Blunt and Theo Riddick combined for eight carries for 19 yards and four catches for 20 yards. That's not going to help anybody. So carry on Johnson is definitely the lead back here in this backfield. On the Dallas side, Zeke eight. They finally gave him the ball a ton, almost 30 touches. He had 29 total touches, 25 carries, 152 on the ground, eight or excuse me, four catches, 88 yards a touchdown on four targets. Zeke had a career-high 240 scrimmage yards. They will be feeding him from here on out. They understand the only way to win a game is to feed Zeke, so I would expect the Zeke owners to be very happy moving forward. Prescott, decent day, but not big. Definitely better than what he's been doing. 255 for two touchdowns. And Jeff Swaim, Swim at the tight end position, three for 39, a touchdown on five targets. Keep an eye here uh, as they're still trying to find uh, the Jason Witten replacement there at the tight end position. Heading into Tennessee, a great game between the Titans and the Eagles. The Titans uh, come up here with a last-second uh, last overtime victory over the Eagles, 26-23, with a Mariota pass to Corey Davis for the overtime win. On the Eagles' side, Wentz, 348 and two touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey played his first game back, had a great game, eight catches, 105 through the air, and a touchdown 
on nine targets. And Zach Ertz continued to just dominate 10 catches, 112 through the air on 14 targets. Zach Ertz is my dog. Jordan Matthews had a sighting here, just one catch for 56 yards, but it did go for a touchdown. So I'm not really feeling Jordan Matthews here. And Jay Ajayi, 15 carries, 70 yards, three catches, 11 targets, uh, 11 yards on four targets. Good to see him out there, but not really doing much. And he's one big shot away from being toast. Smallwood is basically just a complimentary back here. And Sproles and uh, Corey Clement did not play in this game. So keep an eye on that backfield in Philadelphia. It's, it's a little tricky in general. And Nelson Aguilar, another staller, uh, just five for 22 on 12 targets. So we did get the targets, but they weren't on the same page. I think Aguilar and Foles are definitely a better combo. I think Wentz is going to lean more toward Jeffrey. Uh, we had a listener buzz in and hit us up on the IG about this uh, very question. And uh, I basically answered it back with what I just said in that I think moving forward, Wentz and Jeffrey will be connecting much more than Aguilar. So if you can sell high-ish on Aguilar with what he did in the first couple of weeks, I would do that. Otherwise, just hang on to him in case Jeffrey goes down again. But I would not expect Aguilar to have big games outside of maybe one or two moving forward with Jeffrey in the lineup. Moving on to the Titans, Marcus Mariota finally had a great game. Uh, 344, two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but from what they've been doing on offense, it was a really good game. Corey Davis had his breakout. We've all been waiting to see him beast out. And with no Rashard Matthews and no um, Delaney Walker, Corey Davis is is the easily the top target in Tennessee. Nine catches for 161 and a touchdown, that game winner in overtime on 15 targets. Corey Davis will be beasting moving forward. Taewon Taylor also had seven catches, 77 yards on nine targets. Keep an eye on Taewon Taylor. And on the Stallers category, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, once again, Deion Lewis, four carries, no yards, nine catches, 66 yards on nine targets. Derrick Henry, eight carries, 24 yards, two catches, seven targets. Uh, two catches, seven yards on two targets, excuse me. Um, no thanks on either uh, Tennessee running back. And the Tennessee tight end position was not targeted at all in this game. So I think Delaney Walker was a special player, and they have not yet found that replacement at all. The Texans roll into Indianapolis and get an uh, overtime victory. Luck and Watson combined for 839 passing yards. Damn. For the Texans, Watson has a big game, 375, two touchdowns and a pick. He has another six carries for 41 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Nice to see Watson balling out a little bit. Hopkins had a huge game, 10 catches, 169, touchdown on 10 targets. And Kiki Cutie has his NFL debut and did very well, 11 catches, 109 through the air on 15 targets. Will Fuller. Uh, left the game with a hamstring ailment. Um, he did get his touchdown, his token touchdown, but um, he, he did uh, definitely relinquish uh, playing time to Kiki QT, and QT made the most of it. So keep an eye on this uh, going forward. And if anyone were to miss, QT is definitely a beast. If all three of them in there, then that just raises up Watson stock. So stoked to see that. And Lamar Miller, I'm so tired of Lamar Miller, man. 14 carries, 49 yards, no targets. Come on, man. Killing me. Colts, Andrew Luck, 40 for 62, 62 attempts on that arm. He's feeling good. 464 yards and four touchdowns. Andrew Luck finally had that blow-up game we were all waiting for, so good to see him firing up. Naheem Hines, 
I made a prediction early in the season that this is he is this year's Alvin Kamara. We'll see. This was definitely a, a good first game to see if that happens. And remember, Alvin Kamara wasn't anybody until about week five. So give him some time here. But Naheem Hines, four carries, 10 yards. Not that big of a deal, but in the passing game, nine catches, 63 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets. The rest of the Indianapolis backs did not do much. T.Y. Hilton was kind of in and out of this game uh, with a couple different ailments, but he ended up with four catches, 115 yards on six targets. And Zach Paschal ended up with six catches, 56 yards and a touchdown. And Eric Ebron should have had a much bigger game, but he finished with five catches, 40 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. He should have had a couple others. He dropped a few and uh, was overthrown on a couple other ones. So Eric Ebron has potential to have a humongous game. So wait on that. And as I mentioned, Jordan Wilkins, eight for 16, not doing much there. So Naheem Hines, I think, is going to be the main dude. And we'll see what happens if Mac ever actually gets in some quality playing time. The Dolphins come into New England undefeated and try to upset the Patriots uh, for their third straight loss. I predicted that the Dolphins were going to actually do that. Um, Curly and Daniel uh, called my bluff, and they were definitely correct. Outside of a, um, you know, uh, a miracle here, uh, it wasn't looking like <laughs> the Dolphins had a chance from the get here. There are no ballers on the Miami side. Uh, Frank Gore led the team in rushing yards with 41, and Tannehill was pulled. He was pulled out of the game healthy for Brock Osweiler because they were doing so horribly. That was a turnaround from the last couple of weeks. Keep an eye on the Miami Dolphins. On the New England side, back to normal. Everyone can just take a breath now for the Patriots. Tom Brady, 274, three touchdowns, two picks. James White, big up to Daniel. James White is his dude. Uh, eight carries, 44 yards, a touchdown. And he also had eight catches, 68 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets out of the backfield. And Sony Michelle had his breakout. 25 carries, 25 carries in the New England backfield is massive. 25 carries, 112 on the ground, and a touchdown. No targets, however, in the passing game, which is a little bit odd. Cardero Patterson and Philip Dorsett also had touchdowns. Couple stallers, big name stallers for the New England Patriots. Hogan and Gordon didn't do much in this game at all, and basically they were left without any fantasy points until deep into the fourth quarter. And Rob Gronkowski just four catches, 44 yards on seven targets. So the Patriots take it to the Dolphins, 38 to seven, but they ran out of the passing game here very quickly. The Jaguars and the Jets. Jags took it to them pretty early, 31 to 12. Bortles had a career high, 388 passing yards. For the Jets, no ballers. Uh, Quincy Enuma was just four for 66, and Bilal Powell had 26 rushing yards. Uh, Crowell had zero yards on four attempts. Zero yards on four attempts. Everyone getting stoked on Crowell. I've been telling you to pump the brakes. He will score his touchdowns because he can bull his way over a three-yard gap and get a touchdown or a long breakaway occasionally. He is not a quality start every week, so be careful with the backs in the uh for the Jets. Um, unless they get Le'Veon Bell, which could happen. We'll see. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh Bortles, 388, two touchdowns and a and a pick. Uh Yeldon, 18 carries 52 yards, a touchdown, three catches, 48 yards, and another touchdown. He had a huge game with Leonard Fournette uh, re-aggravating his hamstring. He left the game. After just a handful of carries, his timeline is yet to be determined. Uh, we'll cover that later on in the week. And Dante Moncrief had a nice game. Five catches, 109, a touchdown on five targets. And D.D. Westbrook also had a great game. Eight ca uh, nine catches, 130 through the air, and 13 targets. So 
just another one jumping up for these uh, Jacksonville receivers. Um, I'm not really into these receivers as far as starting one. Keelan Cole had just two catches, 15 yards on three targets, but Blake Bortles is definitely a nice streaming option, especially if Fournette is to miss time. He has huge games when Fournette misses time for the most part. The Raiders and the Browns. Would you believe that the Raiders and the Browns had the highest point total of the entire week? The Raiders get the win versus the Browns at home, 45-42 to in a thrilling for sure. Thrilling overtime game here. Uh, Baker's first game, the Baker mania was hot, um, but the black hole swallowed him up and Gruden gets his first win in 3,591 days. Good for you, John. Baker, 20 for 40, 21 for 41, 295, two touchdowns and two picks. He had his first NFL start. He threw a pick six on his first drive, but he actually played pretty well through the rest of the game, and they had a couple chances to win this game, but they couldn't pull it out. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb crushed. He only had three carries, but he had three carries for 105 and two touchdowns. He had two long touchdowns, 63 yards and 41 yards. Anything happens to Hyde, Nick Chubb is going to be a beast. I said earlier in the season, I think Chubb will eventually lead uh, the Browns in um, fantasy points out of the backfield. We'll see if that happens throughout the season. But anything happens to Hyde, who has been injured in his career, uh, Chubb becomes a beast. Hyde did have another nice game, though. 22 carries, bell cow for 82 yards and a touchdown. Some stallers on that side, though. Duke Johnson, just two carries for 11 yards, four catches, 45 yards, and six targets. Landry. Four catches, 34 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. So he did get his touchdown, but they missed on six opportunities. And uh, Landry, I thought, was going to have a much, much bigger game with Baker in, which I think he will eventually, but just didn't come to fruition this time around. David Njoku, five catches, 52 yards on seven targets. I put him in the uh, Stallers category because it's only, um, you know, five uh, five standard points, but it's 10, uh, you know, PPR points. So if you're in a PPR league, then some of these tight ends are, are – coming through for you, but uh, not as much as I think everybody thought was going to happen with Baker in there. Higgins, four catches, 61 yards on five targets, and Antonio Callaway, who was thought to be the number one receiver with Baker and Josh Gordon out, uh, three catches, 54 yards on nine targets. On the Oakland side, Derek Carr, 35 for 58, 437, four touchdowns and two picks. And you know what they say, everyone eats in a Derek Carr offense, right? Jared Cook, 8 for 110, two touchdowns on 13 targets. Amari Cooper finally came to play, 8 catches, 128, a touchdown on 12 targets. Jordy Nelson, 5 catches, 48 yards, a touchdown on 8 targets. Beast Mode had 20 carries, 130 on the ground, 3 catches for another 27. He runs real hard. He looks really good. He looks young. I mean, every single time he gets the ball, he's dragging people, dragging people, breaking tackles. Dude's a savage. Love Marshawn Lynch. And Matt McCrane, shout out to the kicker here who nailed the game-winning field goal in overtime to give the Raiders the overtime win and their first victory of the season, uh, 45-42 over the Browns. Seahawks get the victory um, last-second version themselves over the hapless Cardinals, 20-17. Seattle, uh, this is basically the battle for not last in the NFC. And it was pretty cool to see uh, Janikowski get the game-winning field goal. 
here um, just because he's been in the league forever. And I, I love Janikowski for some reason, but he missed his fir- first two kicks, but he did get the game winner here. Mike Davis is the, the lone baller outside of Janikowski for Seattle. Mike Davis, correct. Uh, not Rashad Penny, not Chris Carson, not CJ Procise, not JD McKissick, Mike Davis, who nobody had in their lineup. 21 carries, 101, two touchdowns on the ground. Four catches, 23 yards, four targets. Ugh. Chris Carson was a late scratch in this game. Mike Davis got the start, balled out. On the seller side, Russell Wilson, 172, no touchdowns, no picks. Moving on. Tyler Lockett, five catches, 53 yards. Doug Baldwin did play in this game, but he had just five catches for 41 yards and seven targets. That will definitely increase as he gets more healthy. Uh, He should be the number one here pretty soon. Rashad Penny, as I mentioned, didn't do much. Nine carries, 49 yards, which is a solid average. It's about five yards a carry, but didn't get as many carries as you would think. And again, Chris Carson did not play because of a hip injury. And of course, uh, Will Disley is out for the season with a knee injury, which is unfortunate because he seemed to be – Kind of a new target for Russell Wilson there at the tight end position. For the Cardinals, David Johnson, 22 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown, and three catches, 41 yards on four targets through the air. Josh Rosen had his first NFL start, and uh, it was it was uh, pretty pedestrian. 15 for 27, 180, and a touchdown. And Larry Fitz, unfortunately, I'm really, really worried that the, the end is near for the future Hall of Famer. Um, three catches for 28 yards, but he is day-to-day with another hamstring. It's been bothering him for two weeks now. And uh, when you're older, especially as a receiver, those lower body injuries can definitely come to bite you. So worried about fits. I love fits. And Christian Kirk, who I think a handful of people started. Um, I know I did in one league and one deeper league. Uh, not sure about Fitz's status. Uh, just four catches for 28 yards on five targets. Ricky Seals-Jones, two catches, 52 yards on four targets. And just a note here that Sam Bradford, who the Cardinals paid $20 million to bring in, was demoted to third string. Ouch. Mike Glennon will be uh, the backup in case Rosen goes down, at least to start. So Cardinals, Cardinals are in trouble. The Saints and Giants, I think most people thought this was maybe going to be the highest scoring game uh, of the week, um, which it ended up being uh, pretty solid for the Saints, but not not in general for the Giants as well. The Saints get the win on the road, 33-18. to 18. Really the lone bright spot, though, for the Saints, even with 33 points, is Alvin Kamara was the entire offense. 19 carries, 134, three rushing touchdowns, a career-high three rushing touchdowns for Alvin Kamara. And then in the, in the air, of course, he got his numbers, five catches, 47 yards on nine targets. Um, Ingram does return next week on Monday Night Football versus Washington, so keep an eye on Kamara, but there's no way they're going to cut his cut his uh, carries too much with him balling out the way that he is. So Kamara, fire him up, number one running back in fantasy football right now. Drew Brees, a staller. Mike Thomas, a staller. Drew Brees, 217, no touchdowns, no picks. I'm not worried about Drew Brees moving forward. I think this is just a game where he didn't click on those touchdowns and get big yardage. But once they got ahead, Camaro was running so well, they just kind of sulked away the game. And he is only 201 passing yards away from passing Peyton Manning for most yards all time. Michael Thomas had a dud game after being absolutely on fire. Uh, Michael Thomas coming into this game was 38 for 40 on his uh, targets and receptions this game. Four for four, so he kept 100%, but just 47 yards for Michael Thomas. 
not worried about the Saints at all. Mark Ingram comes back. Everybody will be balling. Not not worried about the Saints at all. The Giants. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a great filling game from uh, Evan Ingram, and he had a, a huge, huge game um, this week. 10 for 77, a touchdown on 10 targets. So 10 of 10 for 77 yards and a touchdown. And Saquon Barkley continues 10 carries, 41, 44 yards and a touchdown, six catches, 56 yards and eight targets. Some stallers, Odell, seven for 60, 11 targets. So he's, you know, 13, uh, 13 fantasy points there in a PPR league. But from Odell, you're expecting bigger games and he still has not scored a touchdown. Eli Manning. 255 and just one touchdown. And Rhett Ellison, just a note here that he was supposed to fill in pretty adequately for Evan Ingram, but didn't look like that was going to happen. Just three for 29 on five targets. The Niners roll into Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. And the Niners had a couple opportunities to win once again, but they do not. And unfortunately, the Niners fall to the Chargers 29-27 late. On the Niners side, Everybody's worried about the uh, Jimmy Jimmy Gless 49ers, um, but they actually looked pretty decent, especially against a high-powered offense like the Chargers. George Kittle had a massive game, six catches, 125 through the air, and a touchdown on eight targets. He had an 82-yard touchdown reception, which is the longest by a touch, uh, by a tight end in 49er franchise history. And C.J. Beathard had... 298 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Played well, uh, almost got to three, 300 yards. And uh, that Iowa Iowa connection from college is looking pretty good. So I think Kittle is the one, the one safe play here with the Niners moving forward. So keep an eye on that. Matt Breida uh, had nine carries, 39 yards on the ground, three catches for. 32 yards on three targets. So definitely a staller performance here. I think um, uh, staller, not stellar. Staller performance from Matt Breida. I think everybody was expecting him to, to get kind of that dump down pass that uh, CJ Beathard did so much for Carlos Hyde last year, but we didn't see it here in this game. And likewise for um, Alfred Morris, four carries, 14 yards, one catch for four yards and just three targets. So again, CJ Beathard only targeted the running back position six times in this game, but I expect that to move up later on. Marquise Goodwin, two catches for 24 yards. He's still dealing with a hamstring. Uh, he's questionable for week five versus Arizona. So keep an eye on Marquise Goodwin, although I don't think he's usable anyway, moving forward. Um, not to the, not to the uh, capacity that, you know, we drafted him at in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Pierre Garçon, just four catches, 52 yards. Uh, he does get an uptick if Goodwin is out. Um, and also keep an eye on Trent Taylor and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne caught a touchdown in this game. For the Chargers, business as usual. Melvin Gordon, 15 carries, 104 on the ground, seven catches, 55 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. He is definitely the focal point of this Los Angeles Chargers offense. Phillip Rivers, 253 touchdowns and a pick. And Austin Eckler, eight carries, 25 yards, and two catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown as Melvin's backup and the Chargers running backs score touchdowns. So get your hands on either one of them if you can. And Antonio Gates sighting. i got to give him a shout-out when he does something. He gets his, his token two catches for 27 yards, a touchdown on five targets. Shout-out to the legend Antonio Gates. And some stallers for the Chargers. Keenan Allen, 7 for 63 on 10 targets. 7 for 63. So, again, not terrible in PPR, but uh, not 
the wide receiver one numbers and Mike Williams absolutely disappeared in this game. One catch for 15 yards on three targets. I had a huge game projected for Mike Williams against his 49er defense, especially without Richard Sherman, but it did not happen. A lot of, a lot of fantasy, uh, People got burned this week with Mike Williams. And quickly, just to uh, just to own my shit here, um, I had a good buddy of mine uh, reach out to me prior to the game and ask if he should start Tyler Boyd or Mike Williams. And I gave him this long list of reasons why to start Mike Williams over Tyler Boyd because Richard Sherman's out, because it's the 49ers, because it's the game script, because Keenan Allen was coming in with some injuries as well. And I thought Tyler Boyd was going to lose catches to A.J. Green and Gio Bernard. All these other things. So I made a case for Mike Williams. My buddy said, great, thanks so much. Good luck in the games. He texts me after the game and says that he got busy right after he texts me and didn't actually make the switch. So he left Tyler Boyd in his lineup by accident. But clearly, if you follow the games, Tyler Boyd went off. Mike Williams did not. So he definitely uh, made the right call on accident. But just to be transparent here, um, of course, we do our best like every other analyst does to give you what we think is going to be and what potentially should be the, the, the right, you know, scenario. But of course, we can't predict the future and things do happen. So Mike Williams was a very, very big surprise here, but I do not worry about it moving forward. He's a beast. He's going to be fine. And Keenan Allen is dealing with some multiple injuries. He's got a tooth injury. He's got lower body injuries. Keenan Allen's always kind of hurt in general. If he goes down, Mike Williams becomes an absolute savage. I would not worry about Mike Williams. If anything, I would take this as an opportunity to go buy him low if you can, now that he has this dud and I think people give up on him. So love Mike Williams moving forward. Not worried about it. Two games left. The bitter rivals, Ravens and the Steelers. This was a hell of a game. Steelers really just got off to a slow start and stayed that way the entire time. And on the opposite side, the Ravens came out blazing and just straight up shut down the Steelers. The Ravens get the win on the road in Pittsburgh, 26-14, and they really just straight up took it to them. Flacco, 363, two touchdowns, no picks, kept it clean. That's huge. John Brown, John Brown is my man. And he is getting it done. It's so good to see him healthy and on the field. John Brown, three catches, 116, a touchdown on seven targets. He is averaging 22.5 yards per reception. 22.5 yards per catch for John John Brown. That's insane. He's got touchdowns in three of four games this year, and he needs to be started in every, every lineup each week. He is faster than everybody else on the field, and Flacco loves to chuck it. Start John Brown. Willie Sneed showed up. And uh, Willie Sneed, uh, much like Will Fuller, uh, Will Fuller 5, Willie Sneed 4. So if you have Roman numerals in your name, we're going to throw you on the podcast. Willie Sneed, 6 for 56, 7 targets. And also another um, automatic in for the podcast. If you have two X's in your name, we'll throw you on as well. So shout out to Max Williams, 5 catches, 51 yards for 5 targets there. Again, Baltimore is deploying three tight ends per game, but that may change pretty quickly here as Hayden Hurst should be coming back this week or next week. And uh, we'll see what they do there because they're going to have four tight ends. They're going to have to make some move one way or another. Shout out to Justin Tucker, of course, too. Um, He had uh, four field goals in the second half, and I still think he's the Ravens' best player. The dude is amazing. Um, Also, those of you that watched Sunday Night Football heard this for sure, but uh, those of you that didn't, he sings opera, which is quite impressive. Uh, I'm a musician, and, and opera, I think, is 
is kind of frowned upon on during, you know, for non-musicians. But if you actually uh, understand what it takes to sing opera and the, the vocal control it takes to do that, it's very, very impressive. Uh, but Justin Tucker sings opera in seven different languages, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's almost almost more impressive than his uh, incredible Hall of Fame kicking skills. Moving on, some of the stallers here for the Ravens. Uh, Alex Collins, 11 carries, 42 yards, one catch, three yards on one target. He did score a touchdown. Or I'm, I'm, excuse me. He had one catch for three yards, and that catch was a touchdown. Um, he did have another touchdown that he was basically on his way to, and he fumbled it away, um, which uh, obviously did not count as a touchdown. But I'm worried that that's going to uh, lead to less uh carries on the goal line that he's already losing losing to Buck Allen. So keep an eye on Alex Collins. He is a headache. I benched him this week, actually, in our league, and I put Sony Michelle in instead, and I'm, I'm so glad that I did. Uh, Buck Allen, 10 carries, 30 yards, two catches, 17 yards, and two targets. So Buck Allen didn't do much in this game. I thought he would have a much, much bigger game versus Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh didn't really have their offense rolling, so they didn't need him as much. Michael Crabtree had a really dud game. Three catches, 29 yards on eight targets. They were just on the same page. For Pittsburgh, a couple ballers, I mean, I guess. I mean, A.B., I just had to throw him up here because I've been, had him in the stallers the last couple of weeks. Five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets, but still, you know, missing on six uh, six of their attempts here. Um, A.B. And, and Ben are just not on the same page. And Vance McDonald, seven, uh, five catches, 62 yards on five targets. Dude is a beast. He caught these. We also had a stiff arm last week on Monday Night Football versus the Bucks, but this week he had a couple rumbling, stumbling um, carries. So, uh, you know, Chris Berman would have would have loved those catches for sure. Just shout out to Vance McDonald. Stallers for the Steelers. Um, Big Ben, 20, uh, 274 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Juju Smith-Schuster came back to the earth, four catches, 60 yards and 11 targets. Again, missed him on seven opportunities as well. It was his first game that Juju did not have 100 yards. So keep an eye on Juju moving forward. James Conner, nine carries, 19 yards, three catches for 27, 25 yards and seven targets. Keep an eye on James Conner as well. You have to start him every single week because he's got to put up those numbers. But this Pittsburgh offense is is not not clicking right now, and they – We'll need to get it together very, very quickly, or we're going to have to start making some moves. Last game of the week, hell of a Monday nighter. Um, very, very uh, thrilling, full of drama, back and forth. Uh, the Broncos started off early, and, and we're really taking it to the Chiefs. And uh, Pat Mahomes um, just kind of kept his composure and uh, led the Chiefs to a victory on the road. And um, the Chiefs remain undefeated, and Patrick Mahomes is legit. This dude's incredible. He threw, he threw a first down left-handed late in the game when they when uh, Von Miller was chasing him down. He basically sacked him, and as he was going down, he switched hands and threw it left-handed. He is not left-handed. Threw it left-handed for a first down to keep the drive alive, which is just incredible. So Pat Mahomes is legit. Three hundred four yards, a touchdown. Uh, he also ran one in for seven yards as well. Kareem Hunt finally had a big game, so you just got to stay patient with these big running backs. He's been game script dependent, and this game was close, so they used Kareem Hunt. So don't stress out about that. 19 carries, 121 in the touchdown, three catches, 54 yards. Easily his biggest game in the run and the passing game. 
And again, he's more effective in close games. So if you think the game script, you think the Chiefs are going to blow out and crush somebody, maybe look elsewhere for Kareem Hunt. If you think it's going to be a closer game, then you're firing him up for sure. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 78 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. He did leave the game briefly after coming down hard out of bounds, but he did return and uh, score a touchdown uh, late in the game. So keep an eye on Travis Kelsey. It didn't look too horrible, but it looked to be his like chest or his rib area. So you know, anything like that can be uh, certainly um, certainly concerning, uh, especially with wide receivers who are getting hit over the middle and getting crushed like he does. So Kelsey's a beast, and they target him, uh, you know, 12 times, but keep an eye on him moving forward. Tyreek Hill, not a terrible game, but uh, certainly not wide receiver. One numbers, nine catches, 54 yards on 13 targets. I thought the uh, Chris Harris and the Broncos really actually bottled Tyreek Hill up very well, although um, – Patrick Mahomes missed Tyreek Hill on, on a couple deep throws here. So this could have been a much, much bigger night, but it was not. Finally, the Denver Broncos, Phillip Lindsay remains hot, 12 carries, 69 yards, and he got his touchdown. Royce Freeman, eight carries, 67 yards, and his touchdown, his touchdown run was, was a you know beastie run. He broke a couple of tackles, stiff-armed, rumbled into the touchdown, and he scored a touchdown in his third straight game. I just wish that the Broncos would give Royce Freeman more touches. Jeff Hireman, just to keep an eye on this name as a tight end for the Broncos, four catches, 57 yards on seven targets. Looks like Keenan was liking him and he looked pretty good on a couple of his catches. He made a great catch on the sideline late in the game to keep the Broncos into it. So keep an eye on Jeff Hireman if you're streaming tight ends. On the Stoller side, Case Keenum, 245, no touchdowns and a pick. Uh, couldn't get it done late in the game. Um, there was one, uh, Cortland Sutton, basically the last play of the game. Cortland Sutton was on about a 10, 12-yard um, curl route. Uh, he seemed to catch it, and then kind of as he was getting tackled over the first down, lateraled back to Emmanuel Sanders trying to do a hook and ladder a la uh, Randy Moss back in the day. But um, it was dropped. Chiefs covered it. Game over. It was actually ruled an incomplete pass anyway on fourth down. That's how the game ended. Um, but – you know, they were they were driving to at least give it a shot there. But Case Keenum, just 245, uh, no touchdowns and an interception. Emmanuel Sanders, five catches, 54 yards and seven targets. And Demarius Thomas, four catches, 24 yards and seven targets. Uh, Keenum overthrew Demarius Thomas on the last drive of the game for the potential game winner. It was literally over his head about a, like a foot. If Demarius Thomas catches that down the sideline, he had the guy beat. He would have scored, and the Broncos probably would have won this game. But he overthrew him, and the Broncos lost. Cortland Sutton did have three catches, 51 yards on six targets, and uh, he missed a corner touchdown early in the game. Um, and again, that that hook and ladder situation, trying to make something happen at the end of the game, I think was just kind of a desperation play. But Cortland Sutton looks really good in general, and he's definitely a deep rising option, especially with these other two guys. Demarius Thomas, I think, is just on the way out. Unfortunately, I love DT, but he can't run very well. Sanders is still putting it out, but you know we all kind of know what Sanders is. I think that uh, Sutton is is you know, going to take over for Demarius Thomas late in the season. And definitely next year, if you're in a keeper or dynasty leagues, I would keep an eye on Cortland Sutton most definitely. Well, that'll do it for the week. 
Tomorrow, Daniel will fill you in on news and notes from week four and look ahead to player updates affecting week five. Remember to email us, start sit, keep trade cut questions at tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids. Make sure to follow us on the IG stories as well throughout the weekend, Thursday night, Sundays, and Monday night for game day updates. Thanks for listening and good luck in week five. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.